0: Nightlife with Philip Clark
1: on ABC Radio.
0: When you think of a holiday in Spain, you might think of crystal blue waters, summer holidays and walks along the beach. Well, tonight we're exploring a different kind of Spain, without sounding too much like Dr Seuss, Spain by train. Yes, travel writer Bella Jackson's been on a six-day rail journey between Seville, Jerez and Cadiz, and she joins us now. Uh, Belle, good evening. Welcome back to Nightlife.
1: Lovely to be here, Phil.
0: Great to have you with us too. These are three cities which make up what's called the Sherry Triangle. (laughs) Tell us more.
1: Uh, Don't you love it? Just uh, love a good triangle. And sherry, if you thought that sherry was something that your great aunt used to mainline, like mine used to. Well, yes, um, mine too. Warm, Mm -hmm. yes, right. It it was a thing. This is a whole different world of cool. I mean, sherry is, this is is the homeland, the heartland of sherry. And just to put you in the picture, we're down in Andalusia, which is the southernmost region of Spain. So um, the big cities down here are Seville and uh, Granada and Cordoba. And then there's also Malaga, which, you know, is really that sort of, that beach, Side excess that you're talking about, you know, it's kind of like the Gold Coast on steroids. So, mm. we, so, but we're going inland from that, and um, and it's super exciting because this trip that I did, um, the great thing about it is that these three cities, um, and Seville is the biggest of them, are all connected by train. Spain has a fantastic train network, and um, and by doing this trip. It meant that somebody else organised the schedules for me, organised the accommodation. All I had to do was make sure that I was at the train on time with my luggage and uh, jumping between, basically jumping. It was like a, a great, fabulous bar hop.
0: <laughs> yes, no, I've been on the train in Spain. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty fine, as you say. Now, the first stop, Seville, um, what a picturesque city, beautiful place, isn't it? The architecture's a highlight here.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's the reason, that is the main reason that people go there. You know, they want to walk down those gorgeous knotted streets. I mean, mm. to, if you haven't been lost in Seville, you haven't really gone there, I think. <laughs> like, you, But that's, that's the beauty of it. You know, you get lost, you find a gorgeous little... Um, a gorgeous little bar. You yeah. stop in for a Kenya, a little cold beer, because inevitably, I mean, it, the weather is is pretty warm down this neck of the it woods. Gets if, yeah, it gets hot. it does. gets hot. So that that lends itself to um, early morning walking before the um, you know before the tour buses come in. Really, the best time to to get those photos that you want and just to soak up. The architecture, as you say, you know, these high medieval walls, the, you know, the incredible cathedral, um, the Alcazar, which is going back to that um, Moorish heritage that it's got. Mm -hmm. And can I just say, uh, I have to apologise, I am an outrageous tile freak. Love tiles. (laughs) Show me a tile and you're looking at a happy woman. So, (laughs) you know, the designs are incredible in this city
0: yes exactly well there and and the Alhambra Palace in granada aren't they? the Great Moorish Cathedral, well, the great Moorish palace there uh, one of the wonders of the world. you stayed in the old Jewish quarter in Seville,
1: yeah, I did. I had a sensational little hotel um called which it translates as a hotel of the House of the Jews, mm-hmm. and what it was is it's it's a a compilation of of about one hundred and thirty rooms which were. Originally, 27 27 houses and a small palace, because everybody loves a palace, mushed together into this fabulously... Um, or it, you would almost call it disorganized if it wasn't so beautiful. This incredible hotel that you just went up staircases, down staircases, you'd find a rooftop. Um, there's a pool somewhere, everywhere. And, and it would lead you into little tiny piazzas that, you know, people would be sitting there sipping a coffee or taking a, taking a sherry at some time of the day. I, I thought it was actually the hotels on this trip were the high, were one of the great highlights of these beautiful, tangled – they actually give you a map when you check in and mm-hmm. say, well, hey, good luck on finding your room. But it's totally worth it.
0: Okay. So basically – so you get on the train, what, with walking notes, do you?
1: You do. You're given um, – so it's – It's so a self-guarded. self-guarded It's a self-guarded guided. It's a self-guided trip. You're given your walking notes, mm-hmm. um, given your times of where, which, when you've got to be at the train station each day. And the walking notes are super detailed if you want to follow them. And mm-hmm. I did. I, I went off piste, but then I also stayed on track because... The things that I wanted to see were on these walking lists, and they weren't just the big guns, you know, the the Alcazar and the Cathedral, um, but also just beautiful little corners with medieval villages, uh, with medieval gardens in them, or mm. uh, a fabulous vista, and you know, it'd say, uh, you know. At this roundabout you 'll see a, a function uh, you 'll see a fountain and then look past the ornate brick building, which used to be a tobacco factory and then and cut down um, until you see a statue of say two tobacco workers or something like that mm. because that was a big industry so you follow them and they lead you to these beautiful little Uh, squares or, uh, you know, a a 17th century church and say, you know, go up the back to the second alcove and you'll see this La Madonna at the end. And so it really is setting you into a, a real depth of discovery in in what is I mean, Seville is you know its success. It speaks for itself. It's it's astonishingly beautiful. It's got a lot of people going there. The low cost carriers fly in, which is how I got in actually. So mm. I flew into the city, and then you pick up on this on this six days of following these trip notes, and all you do is stay two nights in each of the hotels. Fantastic. And all right, start,
0: yeah, just grab your luggage. Now let's get to Hares. This is well, this is the home of sherry, isn't it?
1: Oh it's certainly the Sherry is.
0: bodegas and They're... flamenco dancing as well.
1: Yeah, you know everybody wants to be the home of flamenco, but I really mm. do think Jerez has got it nailed. And um one of the tabancos that I went into, one of those little bars that just specializes in pouring sherry from from great vats. Mm. Um so you can try your way through the different the different tastes of them, you know the dry sherries, fino, um, manzanilla, um, um, Oloroso, and then you can go into the sweet, which is um, cream, which is like a blend of uh, Oloroso and Pedro Jimenez. So, you know, you can taste your way through them. They're not massive big glasses. And this is what I love about drinking and eating in Spain, is that you don't have to commit to a big full meal. You don't have to commit to a pint. You know, you just, you just cruise through. You take a little snack and you go, yeah, that cheese is not for me. I'll try a bit of jamón, and this is one of the sherries that I'm going to try. So you can really you know you're not going to call yourself an expert by the end of it because you know the culinary scene in Spain is just so overwhelmingly mm. sensational but you get a really even in a week, you get a massive breadth of experience. They
0: do. They do eat too late. I think the yeah. Spanish don't you?
1: Do you think so? See, I love it. I love it. I mean, the breakfast thing does get a little bit too late for me, but because um, I, you know, I like to get up early and do those mm. do those runs. I don't get up early at home, but when I'm in places like Spain, when the light and the heat make make early mornings just so beautiful. But yeah, you know, lunch at three, then you might stay on, have a couple of drinks after that, and yeah, but you don't get seaster. dinner until
0: after ten. <laughs>
1: well, do you need dinner before that? Really?
0: <laughs> well, it's bedtime by ten thirty. So <laughs> <laughs> Toughen up, my friend. Half of the city
1: is only just waking up at that time, you know. So it's uh, no, but it's worth it. And that's the thing too. You don't have to go in and sit down and have that big meal. I, um, you know, I was travelling on my own, and I have to say, I don't think I, I don't think I sat down for a meal for an entire week mm. because I was on my own as the solo traveller. My place is at the bar, and, uh, you know, if there's a couple, then you'll get a table. But if you're on your own, you say, no, no, I'll just stand at the bar. And it's also a great way to get into places that people have booked out for weeks and weeks beforehand. And listen, Phil, if you went and had dinner at 6 o'clock, everyone would be like, oh, there he is. There's the traveller. You just, you just wouldn't fit in, really.
0: All right. Next stop is Kadif. Um Now, a lot of history here. You started in an 18th century house.
1: I did. I did. And that's why I say these, are, you know, that's really one of the, if you f- seek out the right accommodation, um, I was staying in a hotel called Argentonio, which was a, an 18th century mansions house that, you know, had been reworked. And these are not outrageously expensive hotels. We're talking, you know, I've, I've done a quick run through. I mean, Cadiz is an interesting city. It's not massively on... The foreign tourist mm. run, so that hotel is around 100, you know, between 150 and 180 a night for two people, mm-hmm. and that is with a very generous breakfast that is not served at six o'clock in the morning, might I add, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's very civilized, isn't it? Mm. And most of the hotels are around between. Um, you know, around at the 180 mark. I mean, in Spain, you would in sorry in Seville, you probably would find that spiking in April when they have their big um, their big f- uh, fiestas. But um, so that they're, they're not they're not uh, outrageously expensive. And Cadiz is, you know, it's a little bit off the beaten track. And what you'll find in Spain, Spaniards love holidaying in Spain. They hmm. love it, love it. I mean, they've got some of the best food in the world. They've got gorgeous hotels. They've got fantastic things to see. And a lot of Spaniards that I know and I met on my travels are like, no, I don't need to go to Italy. Why would I want to go to France? So difficult, need to speak another language. I'll just go to a different corner of the of the country. Mm-hmm. And Cadiz is one of those because it's it's right down the south. It's on the coast. It's got, you know, it's a walled city. It has beautiful um, promenades just to walk off that late meal. Um And it's also, it's getting around uh, to the the most southerly, Mm. immensely historic. You know, Napoleon was around here, um, skirting around these areas. So there's, you know, those watchtowers all Mm. along the coast. And just more beautiful cathedrals, more beautiful churches, more very delicious restaurants and cafes to snack at.
0: Let's go to, let's get off the train now and head to Verheer. Now, this is one, they say, one of the prettiest towns in Spain. It looks out over the Straits of Gibraltar.
1: Uh, do you know, one of my most memorable meals, of which there were many in mm. Spain, was sitting on a terrace in, uh, in a house at the top of the one of the hills of Vejer. And as we were eating, the sun was setting down over Morocco on the uh, – we were literally just watching the sun.
0: Hot breath of Africa.
1: Oh, drinking a little bit of cool chilled sherry, trying the orange wine, which is very interesting. What's
0: orange
1: Um, wine? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Phil. It's actually – it's not made from oranges, but it's a white wine that has uh, been macerated with orange
0: Really, Rind. doesn't sound yeah. good. Doesn't sound great. Yeah, oh, it's you
1: know, it's, you, it's a revelation because mm. it's chilled like all of these wines. Mm. Um, what I would suggest is you have it at lunchtime. Lunchtime drinking, you know, generally not a uh, not a go, but um, it gives you that sugar hit because it's it's a little bit viscous. It's sweet. It's got that sugar hit that will kick you on over the afternoon for mm. the afternoon sightseeing. And it's you know, pair it with some some gorgeous ham from this area, and that is that is a perfect lunch
0: for mm. me. <laughs> <laughs> There's the, the, that, the Moorish influence, because after all, that's right, the, the Moors occupied Spain for about 800 years, didn't they, until El Cid, um, El Cid kicked them out. But that's right. They, but the architecture they left behind is is still there and, you know, in some places extremely well-preserved, isn't
1: it? And I think that's the beauty of it, that it wasn't just smashed and trashed by yeah. the next, you know, by the next empire, if you like, that it was incorporated. A lot of those motifs were incorporated, like the Andalusian star, which is that eight-pointed star mm. you'll find all the way through North Africa. Um, and that's sort of the, it's the intersection of two squares. So if you want to go into the detail of it, it's the it's earth meeting heaven, you know, it's the co-joining mm. of it. And that's a symbol of, and you know, that is the symbol of Andalusia. And that's been preserved and it's travelled as well, the right the way through, down from Spain out to the entire, you know, to the Middle East. Mm. It's, it's astonishing.
0: You also did a tapas tour with a local Inver here.
1: I did, I did. Well, Annie B is actually she originated in uh, Scotland and has lived here for uh, about thirty years. And um, she is a sherry educator, so she's she's the woman that knows everything about sherry. Um, and she's also uh, a, a you know really in depth food food educator and and tour guide as well. And she does a cooking school, and oh, nice. um, that's where I cooked in her kitchen. And then we ate, we ate um, you know beautiful tuna salads and and prawns in garlic with chilli um, as we were looking over over the Strait and to Morocco in the distance. In fact, you know, she was like, oh, aren't you doing a day trip to Tangier? And I was like, ah, no, I'm going to sit here and eat, actually. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's that close. And so Annie took me around um, this beautiful hilltop. It's one of the Pueblos Blancos, you know, one of the white towns of of uh, southern Spain. And, and you know, we went through the, the markets are just beautiful. And if you thought of slushy markets with, you know, fish, fish water mm-hmm. all over the place, nothing like that, gorgeous. Everybody's in there eating and until until midnight. They they do close at midnight, Phil. So you know you could stay awake for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know going into the, uh, it's a really beautiful city. I mean you're, you you. Even if you're eating late, it is the the hills are so vertiginous that you will work it all off by the time you walk down one side and up the other. But this is this is a this is a town that's being built for looking out to the sea, for looking at the sunset. So the aim at the end of each day is to find yourself a perch where you can watch the sun setting and turning these white buildings from the blinding southern Spanish sun as they go into a sort of soft rose colour and it and it just and runs down as it changes into indigo and blue, and it's it's just
0: magical. It does sound magical. Well, consider it um, Spain by train. It does sound absolutely fabulous. Uh, our guide has been Bill Jackson. Bill, terrific to talk. Thank you.
1: A pleasure as usual. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast.